Colonialism? Kolonialismus? What is that? Was ist das? Aufzeigen, aufklären, Aufbruch. Die Colonial Classroom. Unser Podcast für euch. Unser? Von dem Zusammenschluss da. Dekolonial I am from Broken Latino Americano and we are in the colonial classrooms. We are today with Cascun Goyenechea. She's from Azcapena Internationalist Group from Basque Country and she's going to answer some questions that we have for her. Egunon, Rachaleon, What do you do in your activism? Say something about your work, how is your fight? What is the opposition to your fight? Hello, Mayalen, and hello, everybody. First of all, Dankeschön for the invitation. Thank you very much for having me here. As Mayalen said, my name is Isas Kungoyenechea. I'm a member of an internationalist organization in the Basque Country. Maybe some of you don't know, not, don't know too much about the Basque Country. Well, just to explain it very shortly, we are a stateless nation, an oppressed nation Uh, within the Spanish states and the French states. Uh, we have been struggling for the past 500 years, more than 500 years, for our own independence, not only independ uh, independence in terms of national identity or, or uh, understanding it as a space uh, no, in the land, but also trying to, to fight for our independence as a society as well, no? as, as a people, no? as a nation which is a very complex uh, thing, no? It's not only to the fact that we want the freedom of our of our nation, but the people who are part of that nation as well. So we're speaking about uh, socialism and feminism and uh, freedom for our land as well, no? So that's our project. Uh, we want a free Basque country and free in all of its letters, no? In, in capital letters and comprehending all the uh, complex no, term of, of sovereignty and independence and freedom. Basically, what we do in Azcapena is to to create different bonds and different links between struggling processes and struggling peoples or nations. We speak about internationalism in terms of solidarity from one people to another, from one nation to another, because we understand that without that internationalist solidarity, no one can be free. I mean, Cuba wouldn't be able to be a communist state without having the the help or the internationalist solidarity from Venezuela, from the Russian Republic, or from uh, many other countries and states in the world. And it's the same for us, no? Uh, if we believe uh, from the Basque country that we want to be a free nation, we need to start uh, building different bridges and different links and different bonds with different uh, realities and different organizations struggling as well for uh, well for their independence no uh, it doesn't matter if it's a if it's a question of of the nation of the national identity or not i mean uh, we can of course share solidarity links and bonds with with the german people because uh, even though uh, you have your own state 
we also have the right to have our own state and we would like to have no an equality relationship uh, from one nation to another and that's basically what we do and for more than 30 years we have been organizing different political brigades which is a key element in our organization what are the political brigades well basically it's a political practice which is basically to travel to different parts of the world uh, with a political view and a political objective of uh, trying to learn from that process or from that land or from that from from the people we are visiting no for, for example for instance you go to palestine and you stay there for a month basically and you have different meetings and you have different encounters with different uh, peoples and organizations and basically what you do once you come back to the Basque country is to try well share what you have learned no and the different well the different things that you have seen and it's basically to raise awareness no, of what's going on in different parts of the world, especially knowing that, well, if, if there is a, a, a process that is winning or that is that the victory is very close, no, that the victory of our own people, of, of, of our own uh, land is going to be closer as well because we have the same enemy. No? In this case, the, the uh, capitalist patriarchal and imperialist system. No? So that's, that's basically what we do. We try to, to link uh, different peoples and try also to, to to raise that awareness in the Basque country, no? And to say we're not alone in this struggle. Uh, the struggle is global, but we have to act local, locally, no? That's that's the thing, and that's what we do. And we also uh, try to raise awareness of what's going on in the Basque country as well, because we are, uh, as I was saying before, an oppressed nation, and well, we do have uh, still over 200 political prisoners. Uh, we have different uh, kinds of oppressions, well, uh, related, for example, with our language. No, in certain parts of the past country, our language is basically forbidden or it's not official. So uh, we have different kinds of oppressions. Uh, well, and we have to raise awareness around the world uh, because in the heart of Europe, there are cert certainly many, many oppressions going on, not only in the Basque country, but of course, uh, from a Basque organization, what we have to talk about is from, from our own reality and from our, from our own perspective. No? So that's basically what we do. I don't know if I, if I uh, responded well or not, but that's what I have to say, more or less. You responded really well, thank you. Yeah, uh, actually, it's really nice to hear this introduction because in another kind of work, but we are trying to do the same with this podcast, it's like this kind of bridges between different struggles and try, try to take them to Germany and to the German students. Um, so I think it's a, like a parallel work, so it's uh, really nice. Yeah, about uh, going back with, to our uh, interview, I would like to ask you, what does colonization mean for you? How does the colonization affect you in the Basque country? Well, I think colonization is a very big word, no? But uh, I think it's very linked to oppression and to violence and to supremacy, no? And to relations of power, no? That's basically what colonization means. And what colonization means in the Basque country is the oppression and denial a systematic denial of the rights of our own people, of the Basque people, to decide upon our future. That's basically colonization. We have been colonized and we were conquered 500 years ago 
And with this new democracy, with this new bourgeoisie democracy, the main points that are consequence of the colonization that happened for 500 years ago are still ongoing. No, we are speaking about, as I was saying before, in certain parts of the Basque country, our our language, the Basque language, is basically forbidden. It is not official, and you will not have it in the public system, in the public education system. We are speaking about different kinds of small details that have been uh, developed, no, uh, in these 500 years, no, and that's that's basically it, no, uh, the fact that they want to erase an entire uh, nation and an entire culture uh, from the map. That's basically colonialism, and it is true that we cannot forget either that the Basque people have had an important role in the uh, colonization of Latin America, for example, and that's something we still have to work on because it didn't happen only 400 years ago or after the civil war in the Spanish state or whatsoever, but still happens now with the corporations that are based in the Basque country, like, for example, the BBVA or Iberdrola or different electric companies or whatsoever. No, So we have to denounce both the colonization carried out by the Basque well, it's a little bit controversial, no? Because we don't really know if they are Basque or if they belong to the land of the money, and of course the interests of the Spanish bourgeoisie. So, but anyway, we have to denounce that practice as well, that colonization practice that is going on in Latin America and different parts of the world, like in Kurdistan as well, because there are some Basque interests or not Basque interests, but at least some corporations and some companies do have interest in different parts of the world to to steal their their natural resources and so on. So we do have to denounce that systemic theft in a way. And we also have to denounce our own colonization. No? So I think we are we find ourselves in that in that situation no? of, of having to denounce what the Spanish and French states and of course the EU uh, we cannot forget about that important actor no but what they are doing to us and also what the companies based in the Basque country are doing to different peoples. No? So once again, we are speaking about a mutual interest no? of uh, linking our struggles and trying to find those bones between the peoples in struggle. No? And I was speaking about the EU because I think it's a very important actor in what colonization means and what imperialism means. Because uh, when we speak about imperialism, we might not speak so much in the Basque country about colonization, but more about imperialism. And when we speak when we speak about imperialism, we normally tend to think of the you no know, Uncle Sam and the and the United States of America and so on. But we cannot forget the allies, the allies of the of the United States of America in Europe, and that is the European Union. And in a way, from from the Basque country. And from Ascapena, from our organization, what we want to try is to tell people not only that the EU is shit uh, and that it's not an instrument for the interests of the working class or whatsoever, no, but it also cooperates with the theft, the systematic theft of natural resources all around the world, no, and, the, and that the EU is a very well thought instrument for the elites, for the economical and financial financial elites, and it's not a project for the working class. And what we need to do is to smash it, basically. So 
uh, what we want to do in the Basque Country is to raise that awareness and to try and think of another way of building those links and those bonds between peoples, not based on internationalism, based on equality, and not based on the negotiation or the theft of one another, no? because that's what the EU does with, for example, the North and the South. No? The North trying to, to state certain measures or trying to well, ask for certain conditions upon the southern countries, no? like, for example, trying to stop migration, which is the main function of both the Spanish state and the Italian state. And uh, now with the eastern uh, border, no, uh, that's what, what what's going on, on and the different conditions that are uh, being put, for example, upon the Turkish fascist state just to stop migration coming from, uh, to the EU. No? So what we want to do is basically to, to raise that awareness that the EU is no future for us and that we need to start thinking about other types of relations based on equality and in solidarity. No? And, and that's why well, we need to smash the EU because the EU doesn't work uh, with that logic. No? So as you say, a Basque organization has happened our world for this liberation from the imperialism that Europe, Spain and French states are making to the Basque people, but also as a part of European Union, Basque countries also doing this colonialism in Latin America concretely, but in another part of the world. Mm -hmm. um, I really like this, what you said, that it was, we have to say if it's the corporation belong to the Basque country or to the money land. Exactly. So, Anyway, I think uh, as last person, I think also the same, like we are also Europeans, as a European, we have to be really aware that our lifestyle, it's because we are oppressing another people and another, exactly. another part of the world. Going back, you just said that there are parts in the Basque country that almost forbidden to speak in Basque. Myself, I came from that part of the Basque country. <laughs> I didn't, but my sister that is five years older than me, she, she didn't, she couldn't study my school like officially was like a, because my my school was illegal uh, in the Basque country was illegal to speak to learn Basque but not illegal to learn German so in this uh, going to uh, through this uh, way I would like to ask you what cultural influences did colonialism have that still remain well the language is of course a, a, a key element Another, well, I think that in general, eh, we, we have to speak, Carol, we are speaking in 2020. Globalization is a thing that started uh, in the mid 90s. So we are now, in, I, I would say in the end of a process of globalization, and we have to take into account that nowadays, the most consumed culture is the American culture. I mean, both cinema, uh, music industry, I mean, everything that we, that we see, that we wear, that we drink probably as well, no? I mean, everything that we consume, I, I would say maybe 70% or 80% or maybe more, comes from, from imperialist corporations, most of them, and, and most of them from, from the United States, no? So uh, we think, I think that we have to be very aware of this point because it is not only the fact that our land, the Basque country, is oppressed by the Spanish and French states, we are speaking of that, that we have to we are facing a huge monster. I mean, that is not it doesn't end 
with those two states, no? So I think we have to be very careful, um, no? When we speak about colonization of our of our land and so on, no? Of, of the French and the Spanish uh, and the Spanish states, okay, that, that's a fact, and that is like the most obvious thing, no? But we have to also talk about that more uh, indirect, no? Way of of smashing our own culture, no? So I think that's very important, and also the. Uh, the fact that there are certain sectors in our society that are very much comfortable living in that way, no, and that and that doesn't have to do with you, with your national identity only, no. Like for example, the right wing is very comfortable on or with, well, consuming everything that has to do with with the with the capitalist model, no, and the capitalist systems model. So in a way, what we have to fight, what we have to fight is against that system, against that capitalist and patriarchal system uh, because we have to look to our own our own culture our own land no that that we know the communitarian uh, things that that we know for sure that are that are going to work and so on because otherwise are going to disappear no and i think that's uh, something we have to put in value and later on i would i think we will speak about the covid 19 uh, pandemic but one of the things that the pandemic has shown us is that 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 we know and that thing that is close to us is the only guarantee for us to survive. And that applies not only in in the uh, food sovereignty, for example, but also uh, in the cultural issue as well. I mean, what kind of culture we we know we we consume and all those things. No, I think I think uh, that's a very interesting point that the pandemic has brought us. And and I think that from now on we are going to tend to value more the things that surround us rather than those that are far from us. But but of course, I mean, as I was saying before, it is a huge monster. The globalization and imperialism has won in a way. I mean, as I said before, we consume, well, things produced outside our borders and, and we need to think about what about those kind of models, no? Because it's it's very perverse the logic of the capital, no? I mean, you end up watching shit television, you end up listening to bullshit music. I mean, it's just, and that's what they want, no? Because well, there is no space in the in no in the capitalist system. There's no space for critical and alternative, no? In a way, so we have to take into account that if our if if the system wants us to listen and to watch and to wear certain things and certain clothes or whatever, we need to think why. And that's the thing, no? I think uh, nowadays in the Basque country, I think there are certain, for example, music bands that are quite famous and so on, and that maybe escape from that big musical industry. But in general, I must say that in the Basque country, we are not an oasis and most of our young people and society are completely alienated by both the press, I mean, the big corporations surrounding all our free time or whatever, no? Thank you very much for everything that you said. I think it was really concrete, pretty big analysis. And going in, in the relation with this, I would like to ask you everything that you said, how do you see that it affects the education system in Basque Country? Well, it's a very complex question because in the Basque country, as I said, we are divided into two different states, into three different administrations. So every single administration has its own 
way of organizing education. No? So in general, I could say that in most of the uh, high schools and in mid-education, mid well, in general, I would say, eh? both in, yeah, not only in, in mid-school or in high school, but the issue of letting behind the Basque language and trying to, for example, introduce new language, well, not new, but, well, newer than the Basque anyway, like English. <laughs> no? uh, um, they are trying to introduce all these, well, different languages or foreign languages and trying to leave the Basque language behind, no? Because it is important for you for the future to learn uh, English or German or French or whatsoever, no? But, uh, and of course, that's something negative for our, for our own language because while you have young people learning perfect English, which is never perfect because this, the, the, the education system in the Basque country is shit, really, because everything is dubbed. I mean, nothing is, is subtitled. Everything is completely is translated and dubbed. No, so I mean, that's that's no way to learn a new language. But anyway, so uh, as I was saying, that's that's a, neg a negative thing for a Basque language because while you have uh, people or young people speaking better English or better German, you have people who are not able to speak their own native language. No, so that's 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 an issue. That's a problem because what what is the element that defines a nation or no or a land? Pues its own language, its its own traditions, and so on. And if we forget all those things and we let them die. I'm afraid we will never we will we will stop being a nation and we will be a land of of McDonald's and different corporations and I don't know what's a colony of other state no of another powerful state no so I think that's very important and also the fact that in certain parts of the Basque country for example in the administration you are required to speak the Basque language but in a very average level I mean, it's not something, but that it doesn't even apply to 100% of the institutions or the administration. So we are speaking that uh, culturally uh, we are suffering day after day uh, different attacks. Like, for example, uh, in the Basque public television, uh, the ETB2, well, the ETB in general, it has different channels. And the, the main channel is number two, and that's only in Spanish. Number one would be in Basque. But if we speak about budget, for example, 80% of the ET, the Basque public television's budget goes to the, the Spanish-speaking channel. So if not even the, the, the Basque administrations are going to try and, and fund no, different projects or different, well, I don't know, television series or, or whatever, no? in, in the Basque language, nobody's going to do it. No? So I think it's very important for us as well from the popular movements to raise that awareness as well and to try, well, uh, to fight that because otherwise our language is going to disappear. I mean, we are a very small nation, as you all know, we are less than three million people and our language has less than a million speakers or around a million speakers, no? So we have to take into account that if we don't speak it and if we don't use it, it's going to die, no? And that's 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 basically basically it. And in relationship with, with what you are saying, uh, for the people that is hearing us, it's a really beautiful fact that I like. In, in Basque, being Basque means speaking Basque, not being from one land or it's not it don't have this territory or this 
of this property meaning. Yeah, you said before that Azkapenites fight against imperialism and patriarchal system. I would like to ask you how you, you see the connection between anti-colonialism or anti-colonial anti struggle and feminism, if there is. Of course there is. I mean, <laughs> if we speak, we, we normally speak about imperialism, no? So uh, we oppose imperialism to internationalism and we oppose patriarchy uh, or the patriarch system, the patriarchy system and feminism, no? as the solution to smash patriarchy. So we can say that if we want a free land, it has to be composed by free people. And that means uh, no power relations between people. And the magic key to that is feminism. And not feminism in singular, but feminisms. Because uh, it's very important to acknowledge the fact that there is not only one feminism for the whole world, because it's not the same to be white and to be born to to have been born in Europe and to be a woman or to be black and to have been born in uh, South Africa for example no uh, it, it's not the same so i think that every single region or country or nation or whatever has to figure out well women of those places have to figure it out how to smash patriarchy of course we're going to have some common elements of course and that is, for example, to smash capitalism. That's a common point for all of us, no? For for every single uh, working class women, that's that's uh, that's a thing. But of course, it's not going to be the same. How to struggle or how to fight patriarchy in a feudal, almost feudal, feudal system or society, like for example, in many parts of the Arab region or or the Middle East, no? Or uh, in certain parts of Latin America, or I mean. Every single one of us have to fight patriarchy in our own way, no? And another thing that, for example, in the political brigades uh, we send or we organize every single summer is the fact that we don't teach anybody how to free themselves, not from a feminist perspective, but but not even from a from a socialist perspective either, no? I mean, I'm not going to teach or I'm not going to tell uh, a, I don't know a Palestinian how to fight against the occupation coming from 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 the Zionist or the Israeli and, uh, government. I'm not going to tell them how to struggle or how to fight. I'm just going to try and share my struggle with them so that maybe they can they can learn or maybe they can see if some things can be applied in their situation or maybe not. That's that's what it is, no? to try and learn from each other but never to impose. And that's what we tend to do with our white uh, feminism especially European feminism. No? We go to different parts of the world trying to tell them how they have to uh, fight patriarchy in their in their own societies. No? Like, for example, in Palestine, that that wearing the, the jihad is bad. No, I mean, I'm not a Muslim. I'm not a Muslim living in Palestine. So I'm not going to tell them how they have to fight. I mean, that necessary. No, so we need to... Well, having those purple glasses in a way no those feminist glasses means to respect one another and means especially not to have a relation of supremacy towards those people you are talking to or you're visiting or whatever no so so of course colonialism or imperialism and patri patriarchy are very very linked i mean because uh, and through the capitalist system of course because the capitalist system needs the patriarchal system to keep its status quo 
And of course, as internationalists, we need to be feminist because otherwise we will not be fighting for an equal and a different and a socialist world. No, so and and in another and in the other way as well. No, as feminists, we need to take into account that as women, we are all oppressed all around the world, and we need to link and we need to create those bridges with women uh, oppressed in Brazil, in uh, Palestine, or in whatever place of the world, no? in India or whatsoever. No? So that's that's basically it. We need to, to find those links and to try. And for example, for us in Ascapena, we think that the World March of Women or the Women's World March, I never know how to say it properly, <laughs> is a very interesting thing because I think it links both struggles, no? both the internationalist struggle and the feminist struggle. So for us, speaking about imperialism is speaking about patriarchy and speaking about internationalism is very much speaking about feminism and trying to build a, another world free of relations of power. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much for every word that you say. I'm, I'm really happy to hear that and I subscribe everything that you said. Something that you said is that there is a lot of feminisms, but all of them, the common thing that they have to have is the anti-capitalist ingredient. And in relation with that, and you before you said that you thought that we were speaking about COVID-19, uh, of course we are speaking about that, because we are doing this podcast uh, despite of that. Um, I, I would like to ask you how this crisis affects the territory, the Basque country, given its history of uh, colonization of liberalism from Fr France and Spanish states? Well, uh, we need to take into account once again that we are a stateless nation, so we cannot decide upon w which measures we need to, to, to take no, uh, to face or to confront the pandemic. So once I have said this, it's very important also to take into account that uh, the Spanish state has been the second state in the EU at least with the most affected, well, it has had the biggest impact, no? The most affected by the COVID-19. The Spanish state has had over 10,000 diseases, if I'm not wrong, or maybe more, I'm not sure about the figures. Uh, it was uh, death or, or, or infected? Death, death. Yeah, death, 25, I think. 25, well, well, I, a lot of them, unfortunately. And that is pretty much very linked to how the Spanish state has managed to privatize all the, well, in different parts of the Spanish state, not so much in the Basque country, we have to say, but it has had, it is very related to Spanish state and the different institutions composing the Spanish state privatizing the, the health, the healthcare system. That's basically it. I mean, if you have a strong public service and if you have a strong public healthcare system, I'm sure that we could have, or they could have prevented most of the of the of the deaths, I'm sure of it. So I think that we have to speak about ne negligence, and the state hasn't been able to respond to a crisis because of its own negligence and because it has for years it has prioritized the state has prioritized money and business rather than lives. That's basically it. No, and privatizing means. Uh, getting money that's basically it so we need to take into account that because of the of the poor management of the spanish state we are speaking about this high very high these figures and these facts no 
And uh, uh, well, we have to say that most of the measures have uh, that have been applied have facilitated in a way the increasing of the different incomes of the different corporations, especially the pharmaceutical corporations. No, not only the pharmaceutical, but that's that's a, a big one. So that from one side. Another thing that has happened not only in the Basque Country but in general in the whole Spanish state. It's a very key element is the fact that the militarization has increased, not only because we have seen them in our streets. I mean, we have seen troops of the Spanish army uh, marching in our streets in, in Iruña, in different parts of the Basque Country, but also in Catalonia and in different parts of the Spanish state as well. But we have seen them trying to give this sense of authority in the different press releases that the Spanish government has has organized, no, uh, especially in the first months in, in the first month of the uh, pandemic. So we have to speak about this increase of trying to control the population, not only through the, tele, the, the telephone devices, for example, with the GPS and the different systems that have already been installed without our permission in our devices but also with the physical intervention of the army in our streets. So an increase of the militarization is some, something that, that is key as well in this situation. Another thing we have to take into account from our perspective of the stateless nation, once again, is that the decisions have been taken in Madrid. All of them, all of the decisions have been taken in Madrid and we can speak as well as a new process of recentralization of the uh, decision-making spaces. No, uh, For example, in the Basque Country, we have two main administrations or two main decision-making spaces, which are the Basque Autonomous Government and the Navarre Government, or the, govern, the government from Nafarra, from another territory in the south. And uh, we can say that most of the decisions concerning the measures and the different, yeah, the different measures that had to be applied, both in the uh, working spaces, like in the factories and so on, and also, well, things related to the confinement, for example, most of those measures and of those decisions were taken in Madrid. So we're speaking once again of a denial of those institutions or those administrations to decide how they want to manage those uh, or this situation, no? So we are speaking once again, oh, and that uh, the Spanish state and the French state, of course, are deciding upon us and that and that our sovereignty is being once again smashed and denied. Um, that's another thing. Well, another thing that has happened, and I think that that happened mo in most of the capitalist states, is that they have prioritized the income, the incomes of the different corporations before the lives of the working class, no? Because in many parts of the Basque Country, workers were obliged to go to work in very poor conditions and especially without guaranteeing the safety conditions, no? So, and, and without being protected properly, no? So we are speaking, once again, that the biggest corporations do not care about the lives of the working class or the workers that are that are working in their factories, no? And of course, uh, the capitalist or bourgeoisie administrations are very happy because they keep the economy running, no? Uh, but of course, the lives of of thousands of people are are being completely destroyed and are being 
ended because of the neg the negligence I was speaking before. No, so I think we have to t to speak about th that nonsense because from a leftist point of view, is is a, a complete stupidity and a complete nonsense to to do that. No, but of course, from a capitalist logic, it's perfectly normal and understandable to just well spare certain lives and to say, look, they are old people; they have to die sometime. No, so well. Let's let's let them die, no? And especially in both, I think if I'm not wrong, both in Italy and in the UK, they actually the presidents of those of those places or the prime ministers, I'm not sure, they actually said it. I mean, we will have to lose certain lives because they are not worth it. Because they're not worth it. Because they're not productive enough, no? And uh, that's 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 the key thing, no? And also, uh, the fact that the capital is reorganizing and uh, we need to respond to that new attack, no? Because we have to take into account that this COVID-19 is only an excuse uh, to, well, to introduce a new crisis of the capitalist system, no? Uh, that like, like the one happened in 2008. Uh, we knew certain months and years ago that a new crisis, a new economical crisis was approaching, a new crisis was coming, and that probably it was going to be a lot harsher, a lot deeper than uh, the one that we suffered in 2008. So the, the COVID-19 pandemic, what it did was only to accelerate the crisis that we all knew that was coming, no? And and in a way, they are trying to both with the with the mass media and so on. They are trying to to concentrate and to focus all of us in the in this shock. No, the, we are all scared of this pandemic, of this disease, or whatsoever. And we are not really taking into account that we're not paying attention on the most important thing: that our civil rights, our political rights, our rights as working class are being smashed. Maybe in Germany, it's not. So much like that, but in the in the south of Europe, this is what's going on. I mean, people that are being fired from their jobs, uh, people that are losing their houses, and so and so and so on. Um, while the while well, the society are uh, preoccupied of this new pandemic, no? Which is of course it's important to pay attention to. But I mean, the most important thing is how the states and how the administrations and governments are dealing with this crisis, not to lose to uh, or to keep track of the economy and to keep strengthening the belt, no? And trying to to steal our rights as as working class, no? And that's the most important thing. And the most important thing is how. We, as popular organized sectors, we confront this new uh, attack from the capitalist system, and that's that's the main thing, no? How we organize uh, against them, because that's that's it. I mean, it's them or us. That's that's what it is. I mean, if we want to survive as working class, as people, as nation, whatever, we need to understand that this is a war, and the war is the class war. I mean, that's that's what it is, no? And that there is a big, uh, the biggest dichotomy that is between the capital and the, and life, and not life understood as what we are living, but as a concept uh, as a concept that means a life worth living. I mean, not a survival state that we call life. That's not life. No, that's that's the most important thing. And in the past country, we are very lucky because we've had very long history of self-organizing, no struggle 
but I'm very afraid that, of course, after so many years, no, as uh, that we were speaking about the capitalist system and the globalization and so on, alienating our societies, I'm very much afraid that if we do not stand up now, it's going to be too late for everybody. And we need to stand up, we need to raise our voices. And even though we are in this situation or alarm situation or whatever, we need to start defending our rights because nobody else is going to do that for us. And we better move our arses from our chairs and go out to the streets, of course, trying to, well, respect the safety issues and so on. Fine. But we need to stand up and fight for our rights. That's the only way we have in order to survive and in order to live because What we have doing is surviving in a way, but we, what we want to do, our political goal is to live. Wow, I'm, I'm really impressed with everything that you said. I didn't have this question, but I, I, I want to ask you something because you, you were just saying before what's the problem of the European Union, and now you are saying that the main problem in the Spanish state was the privatization of the sanitary system. I'd like to ask you how you see the relation between the crisis from the 2008 and the condition of the uh, European Union and what's happening now. Well, <laughs> uh, well, what's going what's going on now is basically that I think for many people uh, in 2008 you ask them you go to the street with a microphone and you ask people what do you think about the EU? Oh, the European Union is going to save us. That would be in 2008, the, the massive response of the people. There is, of course, a very critical sector, organized sector, leftist, blah, 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 that would say, no, no, impossible. Uh, nowadays, you go to the streets, you ask people what to expect or what you think about the EU. And I would say that most of the people would, would think that either it doesn't really work or it doesn't really do anything or it's a structure that needs to be reformed or has to be transformed in, in a way. And certain people like us, we would say, it is not possible to reform it, we need to smash it, right? So that would be basically, and then of course, certain people that still have hopes in this in this structure. So um, basically, why why the change, no? Why now people think that the EU is, is useless? From one side, because we have seen what the EU has been doing in the different borders regarding the refugee crisis and the immigration issue. That's from one side. Of course, the right wing has done or they have done very well their, their job and their task. But of course, there is also this, uh, this issue that the, uh, that the right wing is not even defending the EU. So this is a problem because uh, we find ourselves leftist organizations defending the EU and the right wing trying to tell us that it's not a, a useful tool, no? So I think that's a, that's a tiny bit of a problem we have in the left movements. But anyway, so from one side, the, the poor management of the borders of the EU uh, is an issue that uh, many people share, no? That uh, it has been a disaster and so on, that they are being too harsh on the people escaping from, from, of course, the different conflicts that the EU and the imperialism has created. But anyway, that's maybe too much for certain people. Um, so 
um, that from one side, then from another side, uh, we cannot forget as well the different realities that exist within the EU and the difference between the North, the East and the South, especially. We cannot forget either what happened with the Brexit. Now with the COVID-19 is a little bit on standby or whatsoever, but I mean, in March, I think was the date no, for the uh, for the UK to leave to leave the EU. But anyway, that's another very negative point because the EU hasn't had the ability to solve an internal crisis. And I think as well that uh, in the past months we have seen as well the fact that the European Union is completely useless for a crisis like, for example, for example, the pandemic of the COVID-19. I mean. The EU has spoken, what, two weeks ago, a month ago. I mean, I'm sure, I mean, nobody knew that the effect, blah, 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 that this pandemic was going to be so, or such a problem, no, that this was going to be such a problem. But I mean, those institutions should be prepared for that and for more, no? So we are seeing that the EU has not been able to respond. And in case of responding, it has been only for the interest of the uh, European economic and financial elites. So we are once again speaking about an institution, a structure, an imperialist structure that was built for the wealthy and not for the poor and for the working class or for the popular uh, classes. So basically, once again, what we have to say is that the EU is no longer and never was, I mean, uh, nobody can say that the EU was born to to ensure the, the civil and political rights of the working class, blah, blah, blah. Nobody can say that because the EU was born to defend certain interests and it has been a tool to defend always those same interests. So uh, we cannot be fooled no, that no, the EU has changed or it can change. No, 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 no. The EU has is going to respond to the same interests of uh, 1959 the same exactly the same so i i i'm not a witch i'm not a sorriña i don't know uh, i cannot predict the future but what can i say is that in general uh, or at least in the, in the Basque country and especially what happened in catalonia as well with the first of october no the referendum and all those things that the eu did nothing in front of the repression of the Spanish state towards the people who wanted just to vote on a referendum. So I think, well, the opinion of the society in general towards the European Union has very much changed. But I have to say as well that I'm not very, I mean, I'm a little bit skeptical and I don't think that this is going to change from one day to another. And I think that uh, that same institution is going to well, adjust to the situation in the same way that it did when the Berlin Wall fell. I mean, I mean, the, the enemy has many resources to adjust to new situations and to try and give in a little bit just to keep the majority of the society happy, no? And then try and take it back, which is what it's doing now, no? With this new crisis, it's, it's saying, okay, you have this 30, you have had these 30, 40 years of social welfare and no, and happiness, blah, blah, blah. But this is going to come to an end because it's not sustainable for the system. And that's, that's basically what I think. Thank you very much uh, for everything that you said. I have a, a 
uh, two more questions to ask you. First one, we would like to know which kind of difficulties do you have in your work or Azkapena Hut? If you feel safe or the people in Azkapena feel safe doing the activism that you do. In terms of repression, you mean? Yeah, in terms of repression or anything that you can have uh, like a problem. Well, uh, we come from a, from a reality in the Basque country that you very well know of a very harsh repression from the side of the Spanish state with the collaboration of the French state. Uh, that repression is now in another level, but of course we have to take into account that as long as we are enemy for them, in a certain moment they can once again reactivate and do whatever they want, even kill us. I mean, that's basically what they did in the 80s. So with the dirty war and different strategies. But anyway, I think right now, well, the Spanish state is concentrated, is, is focused in different, they have many different problems. I think right now the Catalan issue is a bigger problem for them, which is a perfect moment for us to, to accelerate our own process. I mean, and not only for us, but for the different stateless nations in, in the Spanish state, no? for Galicia, for Andalusia, and so on. No, it's, it is the moment now to act and to react to the negligence and to the lack of everything of the Spanish state. So I think uh, we are pretty much in a very good moment in, in, a, in an objective way. But if we look at it with, a, with our own eyes, with our subjectivity, I have to say that we find ourselves in, might be one of the worst times of the Basque social movements, no? maybe, or, or at least the liberation process of the Basque country both because there are different interests within the uh, movement and there are different internal issues within the movement in which I'm not going to I'm not going to deepen on those internal debates and internal discussions but I think we have a bigger problem which is we have been struggling for over 500 years the fact and the, the element of the globalization and the capitalist system winning certain battles as well is very important. Uh, right now, Basque society and in general, I would say the European society and the European left are completely asleep. I mean, we are, apart from the pandemic, creating this uh, sense of shock and people being afraid and so on. I think that the popular movements and the left-wing organizations are not being able to connect with the needs and the real needs of the society. And we are not delivering practical, real alternatives to the people, society in general. So I think that's the biggest uh, issue and the biggest threat we have. Ourselves. Ourselves and our uh, incapacity of delivering alternatives and delivering a strategy that is going to be helpful for people to resolve our own daily lives issues. No? Like, for example, housing. It is true that in different parts of the Spanish state, like, for example, in, in the Catalan countries and especially in Catalonia, uh, the issue of the, uh, the trade unions or, or the unions of uh, housing unions, for example, they are very strong and they are actually uh, fighting very, very strongly and they are stopping evictions every single day. And it's very enlightening for us as well. But in the Basque country, because of those internal disputes or internal conflicts we have from the one side, and as well, because certain people are tired of fighting and not getting results, 
And also because of all the repression, I mean, uh, we cannot deny the fact that we have been suffering repression from the Spanish state, very harsh repression. I mean, I'm talking about torture, I'm speaking about uh, people going to jail, people being killed, people going to jail, not for a couple of years, but to just being a member of a, of a youth organization, being in jail for 10 years, for six years, people being in jail for 30 years, people having to escape from their households and being deported to Venezuela, to Cuba, to Argentina, to Mexico. I mean, we're speaking of the, that kind of repression. And that repression has a, a direct effect of direct implications as well in our society. And people are tired. I mean, and that's something you see. I mean, and that is something very hard to confront and to fight against. And I think we need to do some kind of a collective therapy, which has to do as well a lot with feminism, because in the Basque country, we are used to this kind of Superman militants and Superman, Superman members of different organizations that don't care about their personal lives, of, of even their personal well-being. I mean, and they give everything for the struggle, the typical man, the 80s or the 90s. And I think it's very important for us to change that attitude and to change a little bit the mentality and to very much speak about caring, caring for each other. I mean, it is very important, no, the fact that, of course, we, were, we have been repressed and we have been imprisoned, but we have to speak about how we feel about that, how we, no, uh, we are a damaged society, I mean... Not only because we live under the, the oppression of the Spanish state, the capitalism, the patriarchal, blah, 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 blah. But we are damaged because all the things that we have been able to speak about, all the different feelings that cross our bodies. And that is a very important thing. And if we do not do that kind of collective therapy as a society, as a movement or whatsoever, it's very difficult to go forward because... Nowadays, I mean, we're all very tired and every single thing we hear is like, uh, once again, the same thing, the same bullshit. And it's like, no, we need new things. We need new people. And that's another thing as well. We are, once again, we are still being directed and being yeah, conducted by the old vanguard. I mean, that's enough. I mean, we need new people. We need new ideas. We need new ways of, of action. We need to engage with different people that may be are very interested in fighting with us, but we are not letting them that space. In certain years, we spoke about uh, our movement being get in a ghetto, no? and and I think we are in a way trying to to get out of that ghetto, but we are not clicking on the on the right button. I think. So I think the most the 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 biggest threat we have is our own movement and our own incapacity. I might be very skeptical today, yeah. But, <laughs> no, but what you are saying, I, I think it's really important, like what you said about healing our wounds. Like, uh, not, not only in the Basque country, but I think in our generation, it's something that we, and it's something about this patriarchal world that the feminism teaches us that we, we are most than only political issues or political relationship, or uh, we are bodies, and the bodies have uh, wounds in it, and we have to heal these wounds if we want, exactly. to, if we want to fight. And yeah, and you said that the the fight is today because of all of the problems that we have, but because also the crisis from the COVID-19 had shown us 
that capitalism doesn't work and that the privatization of every institution, of every public service, it's the consequence is going to be that the people is going to die. because And the people that's going to die is because they are not productive. So we are not living anymore in a, in a living world. We are living in a productive world. Exactly. And, um, I think you already answered it, but maybe I, I'm going to do the question anyway, so maybe you want to do like a little end. And the question is, how do you think colonialism still exists and why? The things that you would like to tell to our students that maybe they can do in the future. You are the on. future, people. <laughs> um, well, of course, imperialism, colonialism exists. I mean, uh, we can see it in our daily lives in whatever we buy, in whatever we we eat, whatever we wear. And of course, imperialism exists in different ways. I mean, we have been used to to watching the different wars, no physical wars. I mean, an army against an army. That's like the most the most physical thing, no? But right now we are also seeing different kinds of imperialism. Like, for example, uh, what's going on in Venezuela. I mean, there is no a military intervention, or at least not yet, let's cross our fingers. But anyway, the threat is always there. But of course, it's being attacked in different ways, like for example, the blockade, the financial, uh, well, the different different measures no, that the US and the EU are implementing against the Venezuelan economy. no. So that's another way of imperialism as well. The education, cultural, blah, 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 no, whatever we have been speaking about in the previous questions. I mean, all those things are different phases and different strategies that imperialism and colonialism are still using because they need to do it, because they need to keep the Western uh, societies calm in order to keep exploiting uh, the natural resources and the different the different resources from the mostly the southern part of the world, no. So of course imperialism exists and it's very much alive, and it's not only. I mean, we we really have to be critical against different practices that we might not catalog as imperialism, but are not very much at least internationalist either. And I'm speaking about China and I'm speaking about different countries that. Even though they are not, we call it imperialism, no, in with capital letters, they have other interests and they are also acting towards different countries with certain attitudes that are not helping those countries in need. For example, in Africa, uh, we can say that China has bought the external debt of most of the countries in Africa, no? Uh, in exchange of what, we will have to see. So... Well, we, when we speak about imperialism, we normally speak about the US nor the Western imperialism, but we cannot forget that there are certain other countries or, or states that are not acting in the benefit of the working class of, of the whole world. No, I mean, there are different interests and it's very important to, to take into account that geopolitics is very interesting, but it's very intriguing and very strategical. And each of the, the, of the agents in the world have their own interests, and we are certain people dancing in the water no? of those different interests. So, of course, imperialism exists, and we need to fight it. And we need to fight it as long as we live and as long as we can. And how can we do that? Well, from one side, and we say it in the Basque Country, 
trying to free our own nation because the biggest contribution we can offer to, to the struggling peoples in the world. Why? Because if the Spanish state is a little less powerful, that, of course, is going to be better for Mexico or for the uh, indigenous people in Brazil or in Mexico, uh, because the, the the company, the electric company Iberdrola is not going to be so powerful, for example. No, So we are all in the same boat and we need to keep rowing in the same direction. Of course, each of us is going to use a different tool, but we need to keep rowing together. That's the most important thing. And this is why for us, for the internationalist organization of the past country, Ascapena, uh, we are concentrating on raising awareness that we are not going, we are not walking alone. I mean, the Basque country is not alone. We know that, but we cannot do it just alone. I mean, we have to find allies. We need to find common strategies with different processes and different nations in struggle, and we need to do it together. And that's basically what internationalism is all about: to fight imperialism altogether each of us with our own tools and based in our own realities but that's that's the main important thing and i just wanted to say that that's that's the that's the tool i mean for us there's no magic wand there's no magic key to all of this but uh, as long as we keep updated and as long as we keep taking into account and having in our minds the biggest picture no but as i was saying before well the magic the the the, the famous thing no I think globally act locally that's what we need to do and try to develop different strategies in our own lands in our own realities but always taking into account that everything we do is going to have an impact somewhere else and that's basically basically it so summarizing what you just said we uh, we have to fight we have to fight together and we have to fight today adding the, the last question to this what you said which will be your superpower if you have one? Hola, I don't know. <laughs> I don't like know. Together and today. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't know. I, I, I have no idea, to be honest. No, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, 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 the best thing that can that could happen to all of us, I think, is to grow up from a left left movement kind point of view, eh? to grow up and to leave our differences behind and to and to and unity i mean and of course wake up people i know we're all very happy with our vacations and having our our trips to whatever place in in these two months of summer but i mean we need to change our minds and a revolution is not going to happen to one day to another that's for sure but i mean we're not going to do it if we keep developing and, and we keep reproducing whatever we have learned from the system that is oppressing us so we don't really need an, uh, somebody with a super superpower. What we need is everybody be aware of this struggle. Everybody change a bit their, their point of view and start working for a better world. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you very much, Karikasko. Thank you for being here today with us. And it was a really a pleasure to have to do this interview. And I hope everybody likes it. Bitte schön. Thank you very much for you. Too. <laughs> to invite me and giving us voice for the well from the Basque country and and all that it has been a pleasure so how we say here hoch the internationale solidarität exactly hoch. Hoch.